When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. I think we're all peacocks today. I, I, I feel that that is the sense. Maybe not in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, but I would think everywhere else in this country, we are all peacocks as the final ticket to the Final Four will be punched over the next two-plus hours or so. George Reister and I will have you covered as the East Regional Final featuring North Carolina and those peacocks from St. Peter's tipping off in Philadelphia in just a little bit. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. I don't know how, George, unless you're a Tar Heel alum, you grew up loving the Tar Heels, you're from North Carolina, I don't know any other reason on why you wouldn't be cheering for St. Peter's and cheering for North Carolina today. That's the only reason I think that you could wear the baby blue of North Carolina is if you are from there, if you've always been a fan, if you went to school there. Otherwise, I I think everyone is like us and we are all peacocks today. (laughs) Dude, everybody's now jumping on the bandwagon. 
Man, I've been carrying this St. Peter's flag since they beat Kentucky. Oh, yeah, sure you have. No, you started the bandwagon, George, definitely. Oh, come on. No, no, I've been carrying the water because everybody's like, oh, they're going to lose to Murray State. All right. And then everybody, oh, my God, they can't match up with Purdue. Purdue size too much. And I was like, they are going to beat Purdue. And I'm telling you today, they are going to get Baycott in foul trouble and down go the Tar Heels. And if they beat, and and Dan, if they beat North Carolina today, they are going to win the national championship. Okay, book that's, that's... Book it. The, the, uh, book it. If they, if they beat North Carolina, they will win the national. This, this doesn't seem like confidence in St. Peter's. This is the... I said it first, sort of. No, deal. You no, 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 think no, bro. That they could beat Duke or they could beat what? a Kansas or Villanova team. Dan, are you it. kidding? Dan, they have already beaten Kentucky, who was regarded as better than Duke this year. They have already beat Purdue. They beat uh, Murray State, who's a very good basketball team, too, who was, I think, a seven seed. So the idea that they can't then go and beat anybody else left, that's they can't beat the, Kansas, they can't beat Villanova, the point, they can't though. beat Duke, they've beaten better teams. That's not the point. The po- if Listen, if there were four number one seeds in the Final Four and you picked any of the four, th- there still would be a chance, a decent chance, that they don't win because of who they are playing and where they are. So this is the still the, the longest of the long shots of doing it. Like, I, I understand their resume, and, and even though I said we're all peacocks, now it's making me sound like I'm not a peacock today, which is not the case. But it, the, it's it still sound, the it longest like of it. long that shots. Means you are, that means you don't truly believe you are actually just just hoping for chaos that's what you're doing you are you are hoping you don't actually believe that they have a chance you are actually just hoping that that the cinderella story could continues but you think it's unlikely and i'm like it's not unlikely it is no longer unlikely this team is extremely well coached extremely well coached this team plays hard they got defense they put you in a stranglehold like houston does and it, it, except for they're not going to go one for 20 from the from the three-point line this team has fight they have grit and most importantly they think that they belong they are crazy enough to believe that they are supposed to be on this stage and not only that, that they are supposed to win. They don't believe that they are an underdog. They are out there playing basketball, Dan, and they've all, they are already halfway home. So anybody says, oh, they're the longest of long shots. Why? They've already proven that they can win. They, this is no longer like, like, like they, they have the statistical same. If they win today, they have statistically the same chance of winning a national championship as Kansas, as Villanova and Duke. They got a one in four shot, buddy. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's accurate in terms of because there's still a 15 seed. And when you look at their road, this is going to be the first time where they're actually playing a team that is actually also playing their best basketball of the year. What North Carolina's done over the last month. Dude, uh, North Duke Carolina the, got, the got, got at saved the end of the regular by, season. by, they, by they love going crazy. They were 
kicking Baylor's butt until Maddox ejection and then saw the Bears come back and still were able to persevere and win the overtime in Fort Worth, Texas. They were able to do that. Just uh, I, I don't I, I don't know if it's 90 minutes. I'm not sure exactly or if it's a couple hours what the difference between Waco and, and Fort Worth is. But I can tell you this, that there are a lot of Baylor fans in that arena. North Carolina still was able to survive in the overtime. And then they were able to beat a team that you felt, not saying you, George, but that many felt that when you get into the tournament because of their experience last year that that when it comes down to winning time that that team would be able to persevere because they were there before and instead it was North Carolina who was able to do it against UCLA on Friday so because this is the love this is crazy. truly the this is the but still they make shots and and if your players yeah. are making plays you're playing really good basketball and that's what North Carolina is doing right now these three opponents that that St. Peter's has faced Kentucky probably peaked in early Feb. When they beat Kansas, it was probably their peak of the season. When they went to Lawrence and routed the Jayhawks, that was probably their peak. We don't know a lot about Murray State. They're, what, 31-2? and two? And so th- they really didn't play anybody. So we didn't know how good Murray State was. And honestly, Iowa Sam can attest to this because we have had many off-air conversations about Purdue. I was never a believer in Purdue. Like they have individual pieces that you thought were great, but you put them together as a team and something is just missing. Something wasn't there. And I'm not trying to take away St. Peter's run, but you're already putting them in the national championship game and cutting down the nets in New Orleans. And I think we kind of have to slow our roll here. I was, I was actually curious on your thoughts on if this is coach K's tournament or St. Peter's tournament. And by the sound of it, there's no doubt in your mind that this tournament is all about St. Peter's and not about coach K. Oh, if St. Peter's wins today, absolutely. Absolutely. If not, then it goes to, then at that point in time, it goes to K- Coach K or or it goes to Jay Wright <clears throat> because this dude has been spectacular. Like pe- people don't give him his flowers as being one of the all-time best coaches when they should be given Jay, Jay Wright from Villanova. Uh, 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 yeah, he's he, – what is it? What was what, got three three final fours in six years? He's got a championship. He's got national, a, he's got two national titles. Yes. Yeah. So what else? <laughs> and, and and people well, but, don't throw around his 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 name. No. With the Shashevskys, the Calipari's, the Selfs, the Bayheims. they don't throw his name around like like that. No, they don't. And, and it is odd. It is very odd that they don't. And if you get three national titles, if Villanova is able to complete this run. Yeah, that would that would put you He's in, in that conversation air. of of all time great coaches. The issue, though, or the situation is, no matter if Villanova wins it or not, Jay Wright getting his third national title does not compare to what is happening with Duke and Coach K right now, because every game they play could be it. I mean, it's why CBS is showing him walk into the arena after he goes through the metal detector, walking in with his wife because they're saying, is this the last time that it happens? And in the St. Peter's argument, this could be the greatest. I was going to say it's the greatest story. If they go to the final four, I think it's the greatest story that we've seen in college basketball. I really, what? I mean, it's better, better Dan, than any of the yes. undefeated. What's Dan, that? Yes. I mean, if you look at the greatest like Cinderella stories of all time, right? You have the greatest Cinderella story of all time is 1985 8C Villanova who beat... uh, Georgetown. 
Yeah, yeah, who beat George Georgetown, but on their way, they beat Dayton, number one Michigan, number five Maryland, number two North Carolina. But no, they, no, yeah, uh, nobody, but nobody remembers that. People only remember the yeah. dominant Georgetown teams. Cor- Georgetown correct. going for back to back division. Yeah, but I'm saying that, that, that that's Villanova the greatest, not missing a shot. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that that's the greatest Cinderella of all time. And then there's LSU the next year in '86. Then there is Davidson with Steph Curry in 2008, which ended up in the Elite Eight, where he went crazy. And then there was Butler and VCU, who both ended up, what, in the Final Four? Well, that, that's the thing about Butler. And I think a lot of people would point to Butler's story, especially in 2010 when they were that Gordon Hayward half-court shot away from upsetting Duke and cutting down the nets. Butler was a five seed that year. It wasn't like they were... And this is a 15 seed. No, this no, is, no, 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 no. I'm know. talking about 2011 when they were an eight seed. In yeah, BCU. yeah, they made, yeah, I know. They made it to the final four, but they, you know, and then they made it to the title game and lost to UConn. Trust me, I was there. It was one of the most boring championship games you've ever seen. <laughs> Two teams just throwing up bricks after bricks. But the, the, the run of, of, I think, I think the Butler won in 2010 is more. Because of how close they came to beating Duke and how they did it is more recognizable than even their 2011 run. I mean, them going to back to back is is one of the greatest stories we've seen in college basketball. But we don't have anything that that even compares to a 15 seed. We we've never had a 15 seed play in a in an in an elite eight game. Easy for me to say, let alone going to the final four. So yeah, so we we are on the verge of maybe seeing the greatest story in the NCAA tournament history. It just happens to also happen when the greatest coach in modern era of college basketball is also calling it quits and is likely to could face his rival in the national semifinals if St. Peter's doesn't do his uh, do their job and could be going out on top with the sixth national championship. And that's that's what I, I, I think when we step away, George, when we look at Coach K and we look at St. Peter's, if in the end Duke wins it all, Duke is the national championship. It's the best case scenario for them. And if they beat St. Peter's in the Final Four, I don't think we're going to look back and say, man, Coach K went out on top. I think we're going to look back and say, remember that year St. Peter's made it to the Final Four. Oh, yeah. And, that, and, oh, that is, God, and that's yes. crazy to, to, to think when this entire college basketball season was basically based on this being Mike Krzyzewski's last run. Yeah, but, but that, isn't that the best part about the tournament, though, is that you don't get to write the stories. Like that, that we think we know what the stories are going to be, but then every year, the the stories they they write themselves, and mm-hmm. then we, then we find out what actually matters the most to to fans, whether it's you know a team like St. Peter's or whether it's Mike Mike Shashevsky or whether it's you know Hubert Davis in his first time. Like we figure out what people care about the most, and right now. It's St. Peter's. And it was funny because uh, Shea, Shea Serrano, uh, the author, he had a hilarious tweet the, the other day. And, and he said, uh, St. Saint Peter's, I don't know much about you, but I just know that you are the most important thing in my life right, right now. Please win this game. <laughs> and that was in the last game. It's funny. Even our executive producer, Ryan Bershinger, I'm going to speak for him, uh, you know, just exchanging information prior to the show. Bersh is like, 
I'm out of bracket pools, so there's nothing going on for me there. And this has been the most exciting, you know, week or two of the NCAA tournament that he can remember because you're sitting there following St. Peter's. Like that's and to your point about the bandwagon of people jumping on the bandwagon. These are the stories that you do need in the NCAA tournament. And right now, that story not looking too good. North Carolina's jumped out to a seven nothing lead two and a half minutes into the game. So St. Peter's is yet to score. But this does allow us over the next couple of hours to not only keep track of this game, but really to get an idea of where this run stands in the NCAA tournament. I actually think we've done that. I mean, it is the greatest the greatest Cinderella story that we've seen. I remember in the late eighties, George, when Princeton, the 16 seed almost oh, beat, beat number one Georgetown. When they beat, when they beat almost beat Georgetown and they had an opportunity at the end, they lost 50 to 49. Um, but because then Princeton ended up being that team every year that nobody wanted to face. And then they did beat UCLA in 1996. But it was the almost upset of mighty Georgetown losing to Princeton, a 16 seed. And to think that was just a first round game. Think of how crazy we went with UMBC beating Virginia a few years back and being like, man, we finally saw it. We finally you know, saw a 16 seed win a game. And here we are with a 15 seed one game away from the final four. It's uh, it's absolutely crazy. Think about this. Let, let me make this final point. And you're the athlete, so you know more about this than than I would. Just playing high school sports, it was a you know dream for us to go to a sectional or a state tournament. But when you're going to St. Peter's, you're going there to play basketball. Really, the hope of winning your conference tournament so you can play in the NCAA tournament. Like that, like that's that would be a realistic goal, right? Is that that's why with the, the smaller schools go so crazy because you just want to get to the NCAA tournament. It's amazing to think that that dream has now gotten this far with St. Peter's. You know, that's like when, when you're an athlete and I'm not, I mean, George, you played in some big, big college games. You were a national power in your college career, but I just can't imagine what it's like for these kids on this team to be like, they probably went to St. Peter's just being like, all right, if we get hot in March, we get to go to the NCAA tournament. Now they're a game away from the final four. It's just really difficult for me to fathom. Oh yeah, yeah it 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 is because it's an unlikely story, but isn't this how greatness happens? And the fact that they're down seven zero, started the game down seven zero. They were tight, missed a couple wide open shots, and I actually think that if they can win this game, that I mean, because they were going to face some some serious adversity at some point in time and not, and not to say that the other games weren't tough, but they hadn't had to come down from anything more than six points at any point. And they were kind of largely dominating those all three games. So they're going to have to, I mean, every team that goes deep in the tournament has those sorts of uh, games. And this is clearly it for St. Peter's. I'll, I'll also say this, uh, to your point, and I'm not put, I'm not putting this on you. I'm not doing that, George. But there are people who believe that St. Peter's is going to win this game, and it's the first time that they faced expectations, and people just thinking like, "Oh, this is just going to roll on. It's going to continue." Sometimes this happens. Yeah, it you don't, know, it don't pe- work like that. You still got you. You can't throw your jerseys on the court and win. And, and, and this at, at this point, like this is it's crazy, but this is the first time, the first game that I don't think people are saying like, 
that are saying if St. Peter's wins this, that would be absolutely crazy. People are now expecting them, and maybe that's a little bit of a different role for them uh, entering this game as opposed to the other threes. We'll we'll keep you up to date. They're back in action again. Three minutes in, North Carolina still like they are so tight right now. They missed a layup on what would what would have been a dunk lob. It's yeah, so it's yeah. it's it's a rough start, but it'll be all right. No, he's George Reister. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's million-dollar bracket challenge powered by Indeed. It's now 9 nothing North Carolina as they are getting close to that first TV timeout. The Cleveland Browns introduced quarterback Deshaun Watson on Friday. Is that a good decision? That's next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Sunday, he's the NFL vet George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Glad to have you with us, keeping our tabs on what's happening in the East Regional Final. North Carolina up five on St. Peter's with about eight minutes gone by. We'll get an update from David Gascon coming up in about five minutes or so on where that game stands as it's the final ticket punched to the Final Four that takes place in New Orleans starting on Saturday. Last Friday, George, or this past Friday, a couple of days ago, the Cleveland Browns introduced their newest piece and that's quarterback Deshaun Watson uh, part of a press conference that had a lot of people talking uh, afterwards oh heck even during the uh, the press conference George what I want to do is I want to get your thoughts but I want to let if you're driving in your car maybe you didn't hear the whole thing just pieces from Andrew Barry something from Deshaun Watson also uh, D and Jimmy Haslam had their own news conference about this I want you to hear, this was all what was said following the trade that had Deshaun Watson go from Houston to Cleveland with the Browns introducing him on Friday. First up is Browns GM, Andrew Barry. We as an organization know that this transaction has been very difficult for many people, you know, particularly women in our community. We realize that it has triggered a, a range of emotions. That, as well as the, the nature of the allegations, weighed heavily on all of us. That was Andrew Barry. This was Deshaun Watson uh, sitting right next to Barry on Friday. I know these allegations is very, very serious. But like I've mentioned before, I've never assaulted any woman. I never disrespected any woman. I was raised by a single-parent mom. I was raised to be genuine. So I've always defended that, and I will continue to stand on that. It's hard for me to say the counseling part because I don't have a problem. You know, I don't, I don't have an issue. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. So this situation is, is def- it's tough and it's very difficult. But me as, a, as a, having a problem going to counseling and things like that, I'm willing to talk to people about certain situations to make sure I'm not getting back in this. That was from Deshaun Watson. Finally, uh, again, the Browns ownership, D and Jimmy Haslam with their own news conference. We knew going into this, this could be really hard on individuals that could trigger emotions uh, from individuals that had been through sexual abuse. And, you know, I just have to tell you, our, our compassion for those individuals is really deep. We know how hard this has been on them. So there, there's a little taste of what you got on Friday. And, George, the, the sense that I got in reading people's response from social media, the sense that I got in watching uh, some of it like I did, I think is a little different than uh, other people's thoughts on it. 
I'm curious when you hear Andrew Barry, when you hear Deshaun Watson say what he has to say, you heard D Haslam there. What were your thoughts when they introduced uh, Deshaun Watson on Friday? First thing was, is that D and Jimmy Haslam not being at that news conference. I didn't, I didn't like it. Like I didn't like them having their own separate one. What did, mm-hmm. what'd you, what'd you think about that? Part? Yeah. I thought that was weird. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like they left Andrew Barry and Deshaun Watson. Like if you are, if you're signing him and you trade for him, that means you are kind of, you know, co-signing him. So you should have been there. Like where else would there have been any more important place to be? Like this is a seminal moment in your ownership. And my, mind you, the Hasms it, that J- Jimmy Hasm is still the same guy who who had the trucking company who was who was defrauding truckers out of out of, out of money. So you know, like I, I think that all of this plays into how we view it. But I did believe, though, I did like the fact that Andrew Barry and and Deshaun Watson stood up there and they and they took those questions that you may not like their like their answers or believe them or whatever else. But the fact that they actually stood up there, they allowed reporters to ask tough questions. And I thought the reporters did a fabulous job of actually asking tough, tough questions and now it because in terms of a logistics thing for the Cleveland Browns, the way that they handled it was the best way to move forward, because otherwise you're going to have this be a story all year. And I think that as long as there are no more legalities that come out of it, it's going to start to quiet down now. I think that your word usage is so on point. Because this was never going to be a good press conference. There was this was never ever there was never no. going to be a point where you said, you know what, I feel better about this. Like like there, it was not going to happen. And that's and and when you heard the two comments, when you heard D Haslam talk and you heard Andrew Barry talk, and then when you heard Deshaun Watson talk, and it's not to put Deshaun Watson in a bad spot, but this is the whole thing that and and I've used the Michael Vick case where Vick convicted of dogfighting, served prison time, served his sentence, came back in the NFL, and there are people who just still absolutely despise Michael Vick. There's nothing that he can do. He can do as many, you know, stuff with PETA or animal groups or, you know, animal shelters. There's always going to be a group of people that will never, ever forgive Michael Vick. And the, the, one of the issues with Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson doesn't think he did anything wrong. Like, like, you know, he, he feels like he is the one that is almost wronged here in a way because of these 22 cases that are brought against him. Yeah. And so he's still trying to, you know, defend his innocence. So when he's asked about the counseling, like, of course, he's going to say, well, yeah, m- maybe I could do it, but not for this because there's nothing wrong. And I think that's always going to be a problem where I'm not saying Michael Vick, you know, Built see, bridges the, with people, see, but, but the I just, difference is though, Dan, is that Michael Vick was guilty of what he did, like like in a in a court of law, right? Mm-hmm. And but in terms of this this Watson case, the 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 thing that makes him look guilty is the amount of is the amount of allegations. Like so, it's different in that one guy was clearly guilty. 
And one guy, they, they these are still just just accusations. So the fact that people won't, you know, that that that, that they're saying, oh, well, he he's never going to be back in my good 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 graces. I mean that that also puts into question how we look at things because you can lose in the court of public opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can be yes. guilty in the court of public opinion, regardless of whether you're guilty or not. And I'm not proclaiming his guilt or, or, or innocence. I'm just stating the actual fact is, is that we don't know what happened. We don't know to what level or this or that, or, and there are some, there's stuff that involves the Texans that, that it's a very, very messy situation. So, so I I think it just puts people in general in such a tough spot because yes you want to protect people who who say that they are victims you want to you know say that you're guilty I mean innocent until proven guilty you want all of those things but it's hard for all of those things to coexist at the same time when there when there is no trial and there is no uh evidence of what happened either right either way either one way or the other sure and and, th- and that's where and that's where I, f- I i feel like and i used the michael vick example for the for the sake of george of he he was guilty he's tried to rehab he's tried to you know correct himself or you know be better and there are people that still won't forgive him. Your point about the court of public opinion is 100% what I'm talking about because we're never even going to get that far. We're never going to get to a point with Deshaun Watson where maybe he gets a few of those people back. Like that, That's not going to happen because he's never going to get to that point where he feels that he needs anything wrong. And, and the, whole, the whole Cleveland vibe of this and the reason why it was never going to be a good press conference, and I'm not giving Cleveland a pass on it is because they did the deal with the devil. If, if you want to use like those sort of terms, like they, it was, they knew what was out there. They got as much information knowing that court of public opinion was out there and likely is not going to change. They still were willing to do it and to do the trade. And that's why it was never going to be a good press conference. It probably will never change with a lot of uh, a lot of fans who will now look at the Browns organization differently as they move on in their own court of a public opinion. Mm-hmm. So yep. it just when, once they did the deal, that was it. That was it. Once you did the trade, that was it. There was nothing you could say on Friday. And I do I I don't want to say that people were piling on because it it's, it's a well, weird phrase, but it was never going to be good. And the reason that people are mad is because the deal was actually done, allowing Deshaun Watson to do his thing. And that's where the that's why the Browns were in the position they were on Friday. Yeah, and the 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 only line of questioning that and kind of some of the headlines that I didn't think that that were that were fair or even reasonable was the ones that that said, oh, that they didn't interview any of the 22 women. And you were like, did you expect them to? I mean, b- because it, it that that that's not like if you are trying to get the actual facts of the case. Right. Obviously, you they talk to. Deshaun, the NFL has people who are involved in law law enforcement everywhere. So they had a very good idea of 
of the facts of the case and what and what went went on. So I didn't think that the fact that they didn't interview any of the women, I didn't think that there was anything wrong or or abnormal about that because you know you already know what you are going to hear hear there and if you're actually trying to get, you know, investigative, you know, actual facts, then going through the prosecutor's office going through their connections, their hiring private investigators was their optimal way to do that. I do think people felt that there was just the Browns trying to get the answers that they wanted to hear. And that's why they didn't do it. You know, maybe they don't, they, they didn't want to hear those details. That's why I think that the reaction that, you know, some had for that point that you made was like that. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Today's show is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. Find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. You can find this guy on Twitter at David J. Gascon, giving us the latest of what's going on in the East Regional Final and so much more. He's David Gascon. Guys, uh, it is a bloodbath so far for St. Peter's. They're getting the, blow- the doors blown off them. 24-9 is a score, North Carolina. They're on a 12-2 run. Media timeout right now as it stands. There's 6.26 to play in the first half. St. Peter's shooting 20% from the field, 1-7 from downtown. They have yet to take a free throw as well. Mm. They have three turnovers in the ballgame. That's it, but just one for North Carolina. Are you talking about the eventual national champion, St. Peter's, according to George Reister 30 whoa, minutes ago? Whoa, 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 whoa. If you're gonna quote me quote me correct <laughs> what did i what did i say uh, you said that oh. the you said that the la rams did not win the jared goff trade <laughs> no i didn't say that either what i what i to quote me correctly i said if st peter's can get past north carolina they will win the national championship you said that That's bo nix would not be the starting quarterback for oregon this upcoming season what are you talking about i never said what? that oh. Well, guys, I think you if, guys are just making love, stuff. I'm, I'm literally going to have to record every. I, I mean, I'm gonna have to record everything I say in in 10 second clips and be and have it ready. Sam does that already, though. It just keeps me on that, point. All what? The time. That's not true. That's true. Um, guys, this game's like not even close. It's a 15 point deficit for St. Peter's, but North Carolina's not shooting the ball well. They're just shooting 36 percent from the field and three of eight from downtown. Well, it's St. Peter's who's who can't throw a penny in the ocean. No, they can't. They can't. So we'll see what happens as they wind down this first half. Speaking of that, Miami and Kansas earlier today. This thing was uh, one side at least for the most part in the first half, and then Kansas woke up. Wilson grabs the rebound to Abaji, left corner three, got it. Scramble mode activated. Abaji with the three. And it's the scramble O getting the better of the scramble D. Kansas in the second half was plus 32 in the scoring column. They won. 76 to 50 was the final tally in that one. They advanced to the final four. NBA today, Knicks over the Pistons, 97 to 90. There's 320 to play in regulation. Sabres trailing in New York to the Rangers, 2-1. That's a little redundant. Anyways, Penguins 2-0 over the Red Wings. It's in the first period. Tampa wins in New York over the Islanders, 4-1 was the final. Gentlemen, back to you guys. Thank, thank you very much, Dave. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. You know, looking back on this weekend, I still can't get over the one for 20 from three-point range from Houston. And I swear 15 of those were wide open. Yeah, it never came close. Like, it was just brick after brick after brick. It was, it was, it was, 
I don't even know if there were fast break points in that game. I, I, I can't remember any team having a breakaway layup in that Villanova-Houston game, but that one for 20 was just 5%. When you shoot 5% from three, it's never good. It's never good at all. Hiring Heating Up, Indeed's hiring platform, makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Are Georgia's Lakers right where he wants them? We discuss next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Who? Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Sunday, he's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Three tickets punched, one more to go. Today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, your home for live sports, and that means all sports, every game, match, race, and competition. It is always on. Now go on and plan your trip at visitlasvegas.com to see the best and brightest in Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. The Cinderella story of St. Peter's uh, may be coming to an end. Right now, Slow North down. Carolina. It's 34 to 13. Tar Heels on top of the Peacocks. 318 left to go in the first half. Slow down. So now, <clears throat> at this point, they need to go on a little bit of a run. If they can get it down to like 11, 12 before halftime, they'll be in good shape because they've missed so many layups like they picked a very poor time to miss layups like that you can deal with the poor three-point shooting and remember when i said they won't go one for 20 like like houston mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I i may have i may have slightly um you know over Jinx them put the hex on them oh god dude because at this point in time they They're one are one for yes, one for nine from from three. They're on their road to to, to one for twenty at th- this rate. They're four for twenty from the field, and the majority of them have been layups that they've missed. This ain't gonna work. No, it, it is it is not going to it is not going to work. But again, to go back to the point that we had talked about at the start of the show, St. Peter's does hang their hat, you know, on defense, on getting stops. You know, but when you're getting out rebounded like they are, um, North Carolina again playing very good basketball coming into this game. This was this was going to be the real test. Not only yeah, was it the expectations, even, it's why do you why do you think that this was more of a test? Because there are actual expectations. Yes, but I I just I I think that Kentucky's per- better than North Carolina. You know that, right? Well, they were during the season. If they played right now, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would be the case. I don't think – I think, number one, I think they misseeded North Carolina. But that doesn't what? make What? How could point. they have misseeded them? I, they, they got I, the seat Listen, I don't, I don't want to go down that road, so let's just, we'll focus on this. I think that Kentucky, again, peaked in the regular season. I don't think that Purdue was as good as we thought Purdue was. You know, there, there's there's no reason why Purdue should have lost to St. Peter's 
if you would take everything on paper. But they're just, there's, there's something that's, that was missing with Purdue. And again, Murray State, we don't know who Murray State is. Maybe Murray State came in with expectations and thought, hey, we only lost two games all season long. This is, you know, this, this is going to be a cakewalk. We're on our way to the Sweet 16. And then St. Peter's, you know, came up and, and, and bit them. I mean, this is a St. Peter's team that, what, lost 12 games yeah, this season. Yeah, but you can't make you know? excuses for, oh, Kentucky, they peaked in the regular season. They only played one post postseason game. Like, you can't say that they peaked at that. Well, oh, Lord. even in the conference tournament, I mean, they didn't make it to the SEC, you know, tournament finals. But there, at, at at one point, Kentucky could have been a top top team in the country. That's that at one point in the season, and then as the season went on, they ended up getting a two seed, uh, and and a, a very strong two seed because they were put in the the bracket where the final number one was put in, and that's that's Baylor. I just, I North Carolina is trending up, and 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 now you throw in that with expectations, and again, this isn't this St. Peter's team wasn't thirty two and one. Yeah, but you they're, know, they're, like, they're only trending up because they're winning, Dan. It, it's 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 not uh, like that something magically changed. They they, did, well, they they destroyed Baylor for two thirds or three quarters of a game. They just absolutely destroyed Marquette. Again, they made yeah, plays I'm, late I'm against UCLA. That, that, uh, they're just hot right now. They won at Duke. Yeah, and I think that plays that that plays a role in all of this. Yeah, but you can't discount what what Kentucky and Purdue did all season. That's that's disingenuous. The the I don't. It's not disingenuous. It's the way it is. When it, I, I don't. If you're looking at college basketball and how these teams came in. All I'm saying is that Purdue or Kentucky may have peaked earlier. I never thought Purdue was as good as people thought Purdue was. I, I just I, – I, I didn't. And well, well so, everybody thought Purdue was going to run St. Saint, Saint Peter's off the floor, and they did not. No, they, they didn't. And actually, it was more of their size that I thought, or them matching up with Jaden Ivey and trying to, trying to stop him. But North Carolina's just – North Carolina's – North Carolina's more on a roll than St. Peter's is. Just put it that way. I mean – the, and they, and they've got more guys, and at some point, you know, it does just come down to guys. It just comes down to, to players, and well, it well, and it also comes down to to making shots. And St. Peter's has missed a ton of shots that they ordinarily would have would have made, and now that they are, you know, down by the nineteen points, it's a big deal. Brady Maddox hit a couple of threes. You know, they get North North Carolina is just a team right now that is just playing really really good basketball remember they, they won in durham at the uh the end of the season was this all to just get a, to avoid that your lakers may miss the playoffs and and uh <laughs> i was gonna just say this as a lakers fan i would rather have them miss the playoffs than have to play in the play-in tournament and lose Who? he's george Reister. if they get if they are in the playoffs in the play-in tournament they're going to win you better watch your mouth dan Oh, I would rather just them not make the postseason. They lose to the Pelicans could, tonight. It could get a little hairy. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Are the Chiefs still atop the AFC? We'll talk about that next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
20 minutes away from the final ticket to the final four being punched. And right now it looks like it's destined for Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Hey, slow down. Slow 19 down, 19 point man. deficit, as you may have heard David Gascon say. George predicted St. Peter's wins the national title if they could win this game. And uh, it looks like we aren't going to be able to see if that's going to come to fruition. Slow down, man. Good God. You can't bury them already. It's a halftime lead, Dan. We have seen bigger underdog, bigger comeback stories than than, than this. You act like you haven't watched sports. Uh, Kansas. Hold on. Hold on. Do Do you remember the last time that I did this to you, Dan? Now that I think about it, do you when, remember when the last this? time that I had I to don't. have this talk with you? When was this? What, what this game? was in the NFL playoffs when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were getting absolutely boat raced oh, by yes. the Rams. That's right. Do you remember that? Yes. And I'm sitting there and you're won. like, it's over. It's over. It and I was, was. like, this Rams game. Won. What it, but, but what did I tell you? I said the game was going to get back to a one-score game. And and if it did, then Tampa was going to tie it tie it up, and that's exactly what happened. And it took a a, a Cooper Cup Christmas miracle for them to be able to win that game. <laughs> on and an inexplicable Rams still play. won it. I, can, I if you want to take the victory lap on that, Rams still won the game. I know, but but did I not tell you? Do not count this game over. And it well, was sure. not over. It was not over, right? Well, it it ended up not being uh, over. Dan, get, so. Dan, p- at least keep it one one hundred. I did. Man. What do you want was me to it, say? Was the game I did over say it or ended was up it not? not being over? Okay. I did say that this game ain't over either, Dan. <laughs> I don't think they're going to have a forty-seven to fifteen second half like Kansas did against Miami. I just don't. I don't seeing Saint. I don't see Saint Peter's doing that to North Carolina. It would set up. One heck of a final four, though, and to have I, I think that the only better way where you could wrap it up is if Duke, North Carolina would have faced each other in the national championship game in Coach K's last game. But to have it in a national semifinal when the schools haven't met in the NCAA tournament. I think that this is uh, – I, I will settle for that Saturday night. And that will be the second game. If if North Carolina holds on to this 19-point lead, you can absolutely make it for sure that the second game on Final Four Saturday will be Duke against North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. That's a, that's a, that's a foregone win right there, buddy. <laughs> The uh, today's show, Fox Sports Sunday. I almost called it Red Zone Radio. Uh, brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Kind of is Red Zone Radio a little bit as we're letting you know what's happening in that St. Peter's UNC game that, again, is at the half. Crazy week again in the National Football League, one that saw the Kansas City Chiefs trade wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for five draft picks, and then the Dolphins signed Hill to a four-year, $120 million contract. Are you still a believer that the Kansas City Chiefs are a top team in the AFC? Are they still the team to beat, considering I know they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but it is the team that has hosted the last four AFC championship games. Are are you still a believer in the Kansas City Chiefs now that we can kind of call them the new look Kansas City Chiefs? One hundred percent, one hundred. Really? Oh God, yes. It went when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you are always going to be in 
in games. Now, do I think he's going to have to be superhero-esque? Absolutely. But do but the AFC also is, I mean, just absolutely fan fantastic. And there's so much competition that I do think that you have to acknowledge that part of it, that there's not one team to beat. I think that this year it was shown that everybody thought in the preset, oh, it's the Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs. Nope, it turned out to be the Cincinnati Bengals. But with the emergence of the Raiders offseason, the Chargers offseason, the Bills running it back for the large part, Kansas City having Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson going to Denver, I think that there are that there is no favorite in the AFC. I think that there's just a bunch of teams who can win. And and I would and I haven't looked at their Super Bowl odds, Dan, but I'd be willing to bet that that you have five teams that are damn near at the same odds in the in the AFC. You know what it reminds me of? The this Chiefs like makeover. You know, it, it reminds me of in golf when Tiger Woods would change his swing. And you're like, why in the world would Tiger Woods want to change his swing? Like, this is the most dominant player in golf, and he's winning tournaments, and he's winning majors. He's just won the Tiger Slam. Why would Tiger Woods want to change his golf swing? And it makes me that's, – that's kind of how I view the Kansas City Chiefs, where we look at the Chiefs at who they are and – take them for what they have done and say, while they are the Chiefs, they are the top. But maybe the Chiefs inside know that this isn't for the long haul or there are changes that are going to have to be made. Or if we come out and play this way, we're going to be even better with Patrick Mahomes over the next decade. And then Tiger Woods goes through a swing change, you know, takes a year or two. But the next thing you know, guess who's back to winning majors? Guess who's winning the Masters? Guess who's winning the Open Championship? It's Tiger Woods. And that's kind of where I, like, think Kansas City is. And I just think, though, George, that there was a bit of a dip when Tiger Woods was making a swing change. And I think that Kansas City will maybe have a dip this season, especially with the arms race that is going on in the AFC West. Long term, I think things are bullish for Kansas City. Short term, I do think that they are going to take some lumps. And I think it's going to be in 2022. We saw them take lumps during the regular season. They were, they were lucky to get the uh, AFC championship game for the fourth straight year this past year and then ended up uh, allowing Kansas City or Cincinnati to take over in the second half. But the, I, I think that you kind of saw some of the problems, and I think you're going to see a few of that. Long term, I think they're all right, but I think for next season, I'm not as high as some people uh, still believe in Kansas City are. Well, I think that there are still some moves that they need to make, but I actually like this pivot by Kansas City. I love this pivot. And now, mind you, Tariq Hill is still Tariq Hill. He is, well, Tyreek Hill. He is still a huge part of the, he would have been a huge part of their offense. He's still in his prime, all of those things. But Kansas City has been trying to build their team on the offensive side and then patchwork on the defensive side. And I think that that this season in particular, that that they're seeing that something else has to be done. You know what I mean? That 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 they can't just keep trying to shopping and scratching and bend on on sure. on defense. That they actually need to draft some players that are going to be high impact players. And now with them being able to have 
you know, get the pick from Miami, have their own pick, and well, get the picks, the three of them this year from Miami, that they're going to have a significant chance to upgrade their roster in the in the in the short term but i do think that it is going to unless they make another move in free agency or a trade prior to the draft that they are going to you know like have a year of okay hold up let's get these rookie receivers in here let's get this rookie defender in there and if they draft well in year two they'll be just fine do you know how many hundred yard games tyreek hill had this past year i don't mean to put you on the spot but it surprised me when i looked it up and I'm a fantasy guy. Yeah. Do you know how many 100-yard games he had? Ooh, he had 1,200 total yards. So I am going to say two. He had three. Yeah. yeah one yeah, was 197 it. yards, one was 186 yards, and another was 148 yards. And, I mean, you knowing that he had 1,200 yards allowed you to do, you know, the math, but I still sometimes think that we think, oh, it's Tyreek Hill, 100 yards, you know, eight out of the 16 and now 17 games and 1,500 yards Tyreek Hill. And that wasn't the case. And and it wasn't that maybe Tyreek Hill was losing a step, but at some point he is going to lose a step. And uh, the way that teams defended the Chiefs was always a conversation year in, uh, you know, week in and week out this past season. And so if you get that sort of value for him at that sort of production, it's not like they aren't going to miss him, but to think that thing is things are absolutely bare or that you're trading away the Tyreek Hill from three years ago with that future ahead of him, I think is uh, that's a misconception because in the, in the games that he blew up, they did win early in the season. And then the games that he didn't blow up, they lost early on in the season. And then you're trying to figure out different ways around it. And your 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 point of their pivot is so well put because the rest of the AFC is now trying to catch Kansas City. They're making all these moves to try to go after Kansas City. So what do they do while everybody is zigging? Now they're going to zag. And there's going to be the opportunity where now maybe the other teams down the line are going to have to figure out a way. Okay, how do we then alter to maybe what Kansas City is doing with Patrick Mahomes? It's risky. I think there's short-term you know, detriments to it, but in the long term, yeah, I think it's going to be when you have Patrick Mahomes, it really helps to be able to make that turn. Oh, yeah. It, it, it absolutely does because he's such a fantastic player that that helps out a lot. I, I, I like the Chargers to win that division this year. I picked the Raiders second. Yeah, but, but that's because- the... But that's the thing, though, right, is that is that even though you picked the Chargers, right, would you be surprised if the Raiders, Kansas City, or Denver won it? No. No. That's, and that's what I'm saying is that that's the only division probably, I mean, aside from, you know, maybe yeah. Arizona and San Francisco in the NFC West, where if you had a different winner, you would be like, oh, like if – like if you take the AFC South, Dan, if who are you picking at this point from the a- AFC South? Because I'm sticking with the same people I picked last year in Tennessee. Yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably probably do the same. I'm not a huge. Would Matt you be Ryan surprised believer. if yeah. any other team but Tennessee won? Um, you know, maybe the Colts have a chance, but maybe, I, you know, right? I, <laughs> but yeah, but it would be a surprise, and that's the same way with pretty much every other d- division except the AFC West. And this whole this whole race in the AFC West, and now you have Ed Deshaun Watson to the AFC North. Like I think the biggest winner in all of this 
is Buffalo. Like, Buffalo is the biggest winner. And, yeah, I know Tyreek Hill is now in the AFC East. But when you look at that other competition, like, there was a reason why Tennessee got home field this past year. Their division was easier with two bad teams, with Houston and Jacksonville. You had competition in the AFC North with all four squads. You still had competition in the AFC West. As it all fell out, guess what? Nashville's now supposed to be, you know, the Super Bowl goes through Nashville. They end up losing to Cincinnati, so it didn't last long. But now if you're Buffalo, you win that division. You let all the other divisions beat up on each other. Now teams may have to go through Buffalo in January uh, to be able to get to a Super Bowl. I think Buffalo, in the short term, is just such a huge winner in all of this because those two other divisions just got that much stronger in the AFC. They're going to benefit. They are absolutely going to benefit. I mean, yeah. And and I think that they are going to benefit as well from the fact that that the um, that the Patriots are going to take a step back because they are going to have to let Mac Jones do more. And he is going to be exposed as a you know as a sure. serviceable quarter quarterback but not a special quarterback and you lost your offensive coordinator you know he's now the head coach in las vegas so there will be some adjustment oh, to go in the i forgot well. about that I, that 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 brings up the question more questions about yeah. vegas because it didn't go well last time for him so for uh for mcdaniels so he's got to prove to everybody that he can do it He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge powered by Indeed. Is Tua time almost up in Miami? He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We will talk about it next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. North Carolina taking it to St. Peter's. That and so much more in college basketball going on right now. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. We'll check in with our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider Adam Kaplan in a moment. But we jump over to the news desk for some breaking news with David Gascon. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Guys, uh, some bad news for Villanova. They lost guard Justin Moore. Done for the season now with a torn Achilles tendon. He suffered an injury late last night in the victory over Houston. Right leg test revealed no broken bones, but test today, torn Achilles tendon. So he gone. Thanks very much, Dave. Kind of what we all expected when we saw the injury. We saw him uh, be attended to. It just... You knew the news was going to be good, George, and now oh, Villanova yeah. loses uh, Justin Moore for their uh, trip to the Final Four, team's second-leading scorer. And, uh, yeah, kind of kind of knew it, um, but official today that he's done. Yeah, That's you it. knew it when it when it happened because when, when it first happened, I told, I told my wife, I said – Oh, that's that's his Achilles, and she said, "How do you how do you know?" I said, "Watch watch the replay. He fell without anybody touching him, and then and then when you saw that calf pop, same way you mm-hmm. saw it with KD, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's bad news bears, bro.' Yeah, the 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 adage of it feels like somebody kicked you, and you turn around to see that nobody's there. 
uh, yeah, tough, tough situation. So our best to uh, to Justin Moore as he tries to recover. And, but Villanova is going to have to navigate the Final Four without him. And I have breaking news as well. Okay, what's that? Uh, this game between North Carolina and St. Peter's, Peter's is over. It's over. It's, <laughs> it's over. 44 to 20. The, the, 15.48 left to go. Tar Heels the in fact the that and, and the only the only reason it is over. The only reason it is over is because St. Peter's cannot make make layups. Like they, uh, Dan, I know you're watching uh, it as well. Have you yeah. seen a team well, miss this many uncontested or even just layups that they would normally make? No, but, you know, North Carolina does have something to do with that. And again, yeah. the pressure has something to do with that. No, well, I let's think get it's into the Hold moment on. more than yeah, anything it, else. He's George Rice, Rob Dan Byer. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, joins us switching gears from the NCAA tournament to the NFL at the owners' meetings, Adam. But I want to start off with the big trade that was made this week. How was Kansas City um, motivated, or why was Kansas City motivated to move Tyreek Hill. Was it contract only, or what was the situation? <laughs> no, they actually, yeah, they, what I was told, Drew uh, Rosenhaus' agent would confirm within 24 hours. Basically, the Chiefs had a verbal agreement with Rosenhaus and Tyreek Hill on an extension. This was a goal of theirs. And then the Devontae Adams terms come out, which were different than what he had. And Drew, look, he, he did something most agents won't do, but you're allowed to do it as long as the contract's not signed. And he said, look, we can't agree, we cannot do this deal unless you, we get the terms at least good as, if not better than um, Devontae Adams. And guess what? He got a deal that was better than Devontae Adams. Two million, two million more per season, more fully guaranteed money at signing, and just a better deal. And the, the Chiefs felt, look, we can't do this. We, we, this is the deal we want to do. And they made a decision. I'll tell you what, though, they got a pretty good ransom, though. Five, five picks. Pretty yeah. good return. Five draft picks. That's a very strong return that they got back. Oh, very. And I, I think that we are – and tell me, t- tell me if I'm wrong, Adam, is that I think we're seeing a shift in the NFL in how they are managing rosters. Because, yes, there are going to be some teams that pay players like Christian Kirk or pay players the way that <laughs> yeah. Devontae Adams or even T- Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill was, was, was paid. But are, are we seeing it with more – disposable like to where that they're saying oh wait hold up no we're we're willing to move on for you because we love you just not at that price it's it's changing a little bit i also think player empowerment you're seeing players now get their talk their way out stefan Diggs did with the vikings uh that one was surprising when it happened uh because the vikings were kind of surprised with him acting out as he did and he got his way and he's been great with buffalo no problems there uh, Russell Wilson, we, Dan and I, and you, George, we've talked about this now for two years. Russell wanted out. The, the Seahawks try to make him look like the bad guy and say, oh, we want to keep him. He wanted out. Well, it's not always the truth, but, hey, it, it works for them. fact of the matter is, Russell wanted out, though. That's the truth. And he got out. And they, they and here's the problem with that one, guys, we really haven't talked about this much. The, the issue with that one was that Russell, because he limited the amount of teams that uh, he could be traded to, they could not get the trade competition that they wanted, so they took what they can get. And Russell now is is with Denver in, in what might be, the, in the last 20 or so odd years, the best quarterback division in the National Football League. Uh, quick, Quickly, Adam, is when when you 
talk about the no trade clauses because Watson just had one, and you just yeah. mentioned that as well about Wilt Wilson. Are teams going to be more hesitant to give out no trade clauses now? Well, first of all, there, there are very few players get it. Only like a dozen or so have gotten them. Uh, it's just not done. Uh, you see it now more in the NBA and Major League Baseball in particular, but we real, we really don't see it in the National Football League now. I'll be interested to see if more quarterbacks ask for it. That's the thing that that we just don't see enough overall is the no trade clauses. Teams are just hate doing it because they want to have all the leverage. And the Seahawks found out, um, you know, see that what happened with that last Russell Wilson extension was. Wilson did not get the fully guaranteed deal that he was after. And the compromises gave him no trade clause because they thought they would never trade him. Well, what's funny is uh, they actually were going to draft Patrick Mahomes in 2017. People forget about that, but that's actually a true story that the Athletic wrote. I know that for, I've known that for five years. The Seahawks were going to draft him, and then, uh, as you know, the Chiefs traded off up for uh, Patrick Mahomes. And, the, and then, the, then the Seahawks wound up trading out of the first round, but... It's just kind of funny the way the Seahawks handled the whole Russell Wilson situation, and they, now they're in a total. They're, they're, they 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 don't like the word rebuild. Talking to them, they they like resetting and retooling, <laughs> but they don't have a quarterback right now. Their offensive line is you know, Russell Wilson was a guy that you know, he made the offensive line look bad and good because of the way he'd throw and move and not stay in the pocket. But they're they're in a semi rebuild. That's kind of where they're at. Adam Caput, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, joining us. Live from the owners' meetings, get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast and Sirius XM NFL radio. Do the Colts just continue to think that they're one quarterback away? Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, nothing against Matt Ryan. Yeah. I just don't, I, yeah. I don't even know what he has left, but it's more of the thinking of, you know, let's just go year after year. What do you know about the Colts thinking in all of this after trading for Ryan this week? Yeah, Dan, they didn't really want to. Like, you know, you have to understand, like, the, the Andrew Luck thing obviously caught everyone by surprise. They were not expecting him to retire prematurely. I mean, he just he, he retired early. Uh, and that, then then it's, what's interesting is that they were, I'm told it was the Patriots who called the Colts, not the other way around, for Jacoby Brissett. And they didn't have time to decide. They had to do something, so they took Brissett. He wasn't good enough. And then, as you know, they went with Philip Rivers. Uh, he was retiring. They, they made a trade for Carson Wentz. It's just one begat another, and that they had to do that. Now, what I what you're going to see from Matt Ryan is he'll be the starter this year and next year, unless he retires. Um, they redid his contract, so he's he's pretty much set there for two years. But it doesn't preclude them from drafting a quarterback high uh, this year. Unfortunately, they gave their first round pick to the Eagles in the Wentz trade, but they'll eventually draft a quarterback high. They just Unfortunately, they're unable to do it because they don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, that makes it extremely tough. Now, you you have seen teams go with the uh, F them pick strategy, but is, is, <laughs> is, is that the new way because it did work for the Rams? But I, I look at it, I'm like, listen, the bill is coming due at some point in time, and you're going to have to tear the whole thing down unless you do it the other way. George, I'll say this about that. There's more talk around the league about teams doing that than there's ever been. Because, you know, in, in the National Football League, teams trade, they treat draft capital like real currency. Like, they don't like trading away first-round picks. Whereas in other sports, as you know, in second-round picks in the NBA are a joke. They're like, hey, you want a second-round pick? Here's, here's a second-round pick if you want one. It's not like that in the National Football League. But we're, we're starting to see a trend because it did work. And other teams have, it's not like other teams haven't traded away first round picks. 
but trading away six or seven straight years of first-round picks, that's not been done before. That I don't believe we're going to see. I, 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 I don't see that, but teams are certainly more willing to trade away picks. Adam Kaplan, are you live from the Breakers? Is that where you are right now? What's the? Well, uh, I will be over there shortly. In fact, the break. I'll just explain something. So, two years ago, at the start of the pandemic, they canceled the owners' meetings. In fact, they haven't had them in the last two years. But it was supposed to be there at the Breakers uh, two years ago here in West Palm Beach. So tomorrow we have the and you'll see this. Uh, Tomorrow we have the coaches' breakfast on Monday and Tuesday, one conference and the other conference. So there will be some news to come out of these conferences. You could definitely see that. Oh, overtime? Coaches. Overtime change? Well, that'll we'll come, see? yeah. That'll come by Tuesday. That vote will come Tuesday. And I'll tell you what, being on the conference call with Rich McKay, the competition committee uh, chairman, he did say there's momentum to, to, to have overtime changed. But he said the problem is you need 24 votes. It's, he said it's really hard to get 24. Uh, and that's what you need to get any rule change. So, um, and and look, they, they, we had two different proposals. I love the Colts one, by the way. They were the only one to change the, the, the turn it in that you could win the game on the first possession, but you got to get the two point conversion in, in addition to the touchdown. Yeah, um, Adam, I want to go to the team that you cover the most <laughs> because you do the Inside the Birds podcast, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. They have three picks. They have 15, yep. 16, and 19. That That is a good haul of picks. Now, do they try to trade them away to get up to the very top? Like, what do you think that they end up doing? So this is something we're going to talk about closer to the draft, but I'll give you a little bit of sort of insight the way GM see it. So every draft, when when you put together your draft board, you know that on your draft board there are only true there are only like twelve to fifteen true first round picks. Yes, thirty two picks will be made in the first round, but on your draft board, based on your grades, there are only twelve to fifteen is generally the the area. And Philly, as you mentioned, they're right in that sweet spot. In fact, they don't pick they pick past that, those numbers. So. Yeah, I would think they'll trade one of them. Uh, I don't. I don't believe they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. It doesn't mean they won't draft one in the second. Uh, they've got four four picks in the the top sixty, but they're a team. I know they made the playoffs, but if you look at the way that they 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 who they beat, they didn't really beat anyone any good. So they've got a lot of work to do. They have a ton of needs. They have even though they've made a couple moves in free agency, they've got a tough. They've got a ton of needs. And by the way, you know, Jay Glazer did report that they tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. I'm told they made a pretty significant offer to Allen Robinson, who signed with the Rams, so they're clearly not done at the wide receiver position. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Hear him right here on Fox Sports Radio as our NFL insider, also on the Inside the Birds podcast and Sirius XM NFL Radio. Thanks, Adam. Enjoy the owners' meetings. Guys, thank you. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Let's head over to the news desk for the latest of what's happening in Adam's hometown of Philadelphia. As the East Region wraps up, David Gascon, what's going on between the heels and peacocks? I'm ready to go to bed, Dan. This oh thing boy. is dead, dead, dead. This thing is no, it's not. DOA. It's back alive a little bit. It's DOA. This thing, is, uh, this thing was ugly from the start. It's getting worse as we speak. It's a 20-point lead for North Carolina. Guys. It's over. It's all over. That's right. 51-31 is the score. St. Peter's is shooting 26% from the field. It's going up. Stop. It's George, going up. George, stop. This is my time. They're getting drubbed. <laughs> Bad, dude. Not even good. Not even competitive. Anyways, guys, uh, a game that was competitive for the first half anyway turned one-sided. The Kansas Jayhawks headed to their 16th Final Four in school history and the fourth for head coach Bill Self. Kansas 76, Miami 50. 
Yeah, so Kansas will get Villanova, and Villanova's going to be playing a guy down because Justin Moore suffered a torn Achilles tendon in his right leg last night in the victory over Houston. So you'll have Kansas, you'll have Villanova, you'll have North Carolina in a few moments from now, and, of course, Duke. Guys, I don't think there'll be any disappointments when it's all said and done, right? You get uh, you get yeah. some blue bloods there? Yeah, a- absolutely. And Cinderella is always nice, but are you really going to take that Saturday to sit down and watch a eight, you know, or a fifteen seed against an eleven seed, or you know? Yeah. I mean, and even also, as an eight seed, North Carolina is such a blue blood that they're not even like the typical eight seeds. Right. And I was going to ask you, like, what do you think would be more likely to happen? St. Peter's to get to the Final Four or Oregon football to win a national title? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. oh those are fight hey, words. Hey, hey <laughs> Oregon has been to the national championship twice, so oh. so I think that you need. We saw that. It, yeah. yeah, a, lot yeah. Of, a lot of field goals in that game. What are you talking about, dude? It was 16 to 19. Well, uh, I'm not sorry. It was 19 to 19 Ugh. against Cam Cam Newton Ugh. in 2010, and Dwyer was down, and they won <laughs> by a field goal, and they won by a field goal. So, so Ugh. you can, you know, act act like what whatever, but it's it's better than uh, who do you, who do you cheer for actually? I'm a USC fan. Oh ha! Get out of get out of here! Get out of town! Why? Get out of town! Wait, make a make a make a bowl game and then come talk to you. USC's won a national title within the last twenty years, have they not? Have they have they been last any good years? in the last twenty years? Yeah. Have they been any good in the last twenty years? Yeah, they have. Okay, get out of here, bro! <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this lifeline is going to be very very dicey. It is Fox Sports Sunday. George Reister is in the hot seat. David Gascon is one of his lifelines, as is Iowa Sam and our executive producer, Ryan Bershinger. Time to play easy as one, two, three, four. Today's game, Hiring Heating Up. Yeah, Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. All right, strike up the band now. Let's play the game. George's goal of getting 10 points is on the line. Over under today, seven and a half. We'll make it generous because you're hurting over St. Peter's uh, right now, down 20. All right, George, you just had to give me some of the answers, not all of the right answers. Name one of two schools that Bill Self has coached against in his appearances in the national championship game. So Kansas making it to the final four today. Bill Self at Kansas has appeared in two national championship games. Name his op- one or one of his opponents in those two championship games. Okay, so the last time that they won the national championship, oh God. Uh, what's the that was a long time ago. That had to be like no that was 2008, right? When mm-hmm. when when they played against Memphis, because Derrick Rose he missed the damn free throws with Mario Chalmers. Um, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go uh, Memphis. Memphis. All right, show me Memphis. It was in 2008 in San Antonio. I'll never forgive I, Mario Chalmers for that. I, I've hated I was, him since. Our media seats were right at midcourt. Three rows behind the scores table for that absolute classic. One of the best seats I've ever had. You know, thank you very much. Now they throw us media uh, people up. Make your uh, free throws, Derek Rose. Oh, so, so heartbreaking for Memphis. But as the joke uh, on Radio Row was, 
even if they won, that would have been taken away uh, from some NCAA investigation anyway. So Kansas ends up winning, and George is off and running with one point. Uh, maybe apropos, since Memphis and the NCAA are in the news once again. All right, George, name two of three. This on the heels of LeBron James moving into the second spot in all-time uh, points scored in the NBA. Name two of the three career assist leaders in the NBA. Yeah, the top three assist leaders career-wise <laughs> in the NBA. Give me two of them. Okay, number one is John Stockton, and number two is Jason Kidd. All, All right. right, show me John Stockton. Yes, 15,806. And to start off three for three, is it J- – no, show me Jason Kidd. Yeah, 12,091 for Jason Chris Paul Kidd. is number three. He just passed Steve Nash not too long ago. He did, and LeBron James is actually seventh in the NBA when it comes to uh, career assists. George Reister off and running three for three so far. Easy in. Easy has one, two, three, four. He's got all of his lifelines available, but again, I don't know if he wants to use Dave or not because of their ongoing feud. We'll see if you have a perfect score next. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. The conclusion of the riveting game that's sweeping the country. Easy as one, two, three, four is next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Georgia perfect. Three for three right now. And easy as one, two, three, four. Hasn't been that easy for St. Peter's today. Down 20 to North Carolina with 839 left to go. 53-33 is the Tar Heels are just those eight minutes and 39 seconds away from making it to the Final Four and having a matchup with Duke. Brady Mannix at the free throw line actually has an opportunity to make it a 22-point lead. Actually, it's going to stay at 21 as he just missed a free throw. All right, George hasn't missed, and he's got all of his lifelines available. Let's wrap up our game of easy as one, two, three, four. Over under today with seven and a half, so you're well on your way of, of beating that if you could just get a bunch of right answers here. Here's where I think you could run into a little trouble, and maybe this question or the next one. George named three of four receiving yardage leaders in Kansas City Chiefs history. Mm. Named three of four receiving yardage leaders for the Kansas City Chiefs in their franchise history. You have all three of your lifelines available. Looking okay. for three of four. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so... I am thinking now, ironically, I think I'm going to go with Dwayne. I'm thinking Dwayne Bow, right? Like he's got to be on that list. Kelsey. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So if Kelsey's on there and and I'm talking through it, that means that the greatest tight end of all time has to be on there as Tony Gonzalez, and I am going to – yeah, I'm going to go with those four. I'm going to go with with those three. I'm going to go with Dwayne Bowe, Tony Gonzalez, and Travis Kelsey. All right, show me Tony Gonzalez. Number one on the list, 10,940 yards in his Chiefs I, I almost career. forgot him, though. <laughs> well, Travis Kelsey helped you uh, be reminded of it. So is Travis Kelsey – show me Travis Kelsey on this list. There he is, number two, 9,006 yards. And show me Dwayne Bowe. There he is, fourth all-time, 7,155 yards. 
for Dwayne Bowe. Otis Taylor of the late 60s, early oh, 70s for the Chiefs was number three. Tyreek Hill. I never Hill, really got that one. No, I didn't think so. But you only needed to give three. Tyreek Hill is actually fifth. He has not passed Dwayne Bowe, though, in all-time receiving yards for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, three for three in that one. A perfect six for six. You have all of your lifelines available. Like, this is like the perfect, perfect game. Yes. All right, here we go, George. Finally, name four of the five schools that make up the big five in the city of Philadelphia. Oh, my God. Uh, Four of the five schools that make up the big five in Philadelphia. Okay, so the big five, is that is that a – that's the conference it's it's this group of 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 college basketball schools that end up making the big five and compete for basically the city of philadelphia oh okay 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 i know what you're talking about now all right now i am going to go okay so the colleges that i know that are in philadelphia are temple and Villanova for sure. Um, so I am going to call on Iowa Sam. Do you know any other colleges that are in Philadelphia? Yes, sir. Okay, let's do this. All right, so we got Penn. Okay. But we have about two minutes here, guys. So we got Penn. Here are my Here's my list so far. Penn, Temple, Drexel, Villanova, Villanova and LaSalle. I, I have a lot of... Uh, I have a lot of Philadelphia knowledge. Uh, okay. Family in Philly, so I like that. I like it. Ryan Bershinger, do you have anything to add? Uh, I, all I would add is uh, I would just go with Sam's answers. <laughs> okay, so his is Penn, LaSalle, Villanova, and Temple, and I like those. Drexel. Okay. Penn, Temple, Drexel, Villanova, LaSalle. Okay. How about David Gat- Gascon? What do you think? I'm gonna go with that. It was- doesn't matter what you think. I'm that's trash, George. Let that be known. You're trash. I'm gonna go with Temple, Villanova, LaSalle, and Penn. All right. I was waiting on that the whole game. Uh, show me Villanova. Show me Penn. Show me Temple. And for a perfect score of ten. Show me LaSalle. There it is. 10 of 10. And it's a good thing you didn't use Drexel, even though they are in Philadelphia. Oh, they're not they're considered not. a part St. of the Joe's? big five. St. Joe's. St. Joe's oh, is the other school. I want to thank Iowa Sam. I want to thank Ryan Bershing. Oh, yeah. And I want to thank the, the yeah. great questions by, uh, by my co-host as well, Dan oh, My name's Dan Byer. We've only I done just the said Dan Byer. I know. I'm giving you crap. He's George Reister playing dirty pool with David Gaskin. <laughs> I just reeled him in. Oh, Dave, I think we'll get revenge next hour. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Coming up next, I will tell you the real reason why the Miami Dolphins acquired Tyreek Hill. That's next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It was quite a run for the Peacocks, but it looks like they're going to have to put their feathers back in place because it's been all North Carolina in this final regional final 
of this weekend. North Carolina, four minutes away from punching their ticket to the Final Four and ending the Cinderella run by St. Peter's. Again, all Tar Heels, you heard David Gascon say it, 25-point lead, a 23-point lead now for North Carolina over St. Peter's as they are under four minutes to go in Philadelphia. Welcome aboard. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. If you missed David Gaskin at the top of the hour, he did end up telling you that LeBron James not going to play for the Pelicans tonight. I am curious, George, just on a quick NBA note, this this Lakers squad, which at one point I told you had a 0.0% chance of winning an NBA title this year, but I did think that they were going to make the playoffs because I didn't think any of the bottom five teams in the West wanted to make the playoffs. But here, the San Antonio Spurs are surging, winners of their last three, and now just a game and a half back of the Lakers for what would be the nine spot. If the Lakers don't beat the Pelicans tonight, the Lakers fall into the 10th spot. As a Lakers fan, would you rather just have the Lakers not be in the play-in tournament at all? Or would you rather have them be in the play-in tournament quite possibly lose and then their season come to an end dan listen we don't concede anything around here as you know <laughs> that if you are going to play you are supposed to put you play to win the game you don't you don't just say oh man it's a it's a it's a tough season well, let's just skip let's just skip the playoffs skip you know all possible possibilities skip the fact that anthony davis may be coming coming back who cares like we can't we can't win anyway man no absolutely not we don't do those sorts of things in in laker fandom town man we we do everything possible to win at all times and if and if it doesn't so happen to work out like that, so be it. But it won't be for a lack of trying. I mean, that's like just just saying. Oh, but hey, well, you know, the uh, season was uh, bad. Let's just not go to the playoffs. I've never been one to think that sort of way. And I think the fans may may feel that way. I don't know if there's others that are that are like you or not. But to me, it doesn't seem like the team wants that seems like the team just wants this thing to be over, even if it would have been just an extra day or two of the season because of the play-in tournament. But it really just doesn't seem that they would love it if this uh, this season was extended anything past the 82 games they had to play in the regular season. I thought it was an absolute given that they would at least be in the play-in tournament. I didn't think yes. that they would make a push in the top six. I didn't think that would happen. But I yeah, thought but just of how the West... Think that they would have the injuries that they have, though, either? Sure, sure. And I didn't think that the other five teams would care. But uh, San Antonio is putting together uh, a bit of a streak and now closing in. So if the Lakers lose tonight without LeBron James, they'd fall to 10th and would just be a half game up on the Spurs with about eight games remaining in this uh, in this season. So a game up on the Spurs with a uh, yeah eight games left in the regular season. Crazy. Well, on the other side of things in the East, uh, just to put it – uh, in that to that situation, Kyrie plays a home game tonight for the Nets, and it seems that the top four in the East all could be moved here, there, or everywhere. And we've talked about just trying to maybe jockey for position to be third or fourth, so you don't have to maybe face Brooklyn in that first series. But right now, the Sixers, Heat, Celtics, and Bucks all within a half game of each other for the number one spot in the East. All right, I, I've got a theory, George. Okay. The Miami Dolphins 
acquired Tyreek Hill this past week in a big trade that also saw a week where they signed Teron Armstead to be their left tackle. Everything is there for Tua, right? This is this is this is the opportunity. Hey man, we are we are giving you everything. We are going to provide you with all of the tools you need to succeed, right? That's that's the thought process. Right? Okay. That's kind yeah, of No, kind no, of what, no, no. No, for for sure. Yep, it's all there. I'm going to go a step further. And I think that Miami set themselves up for Kyler Murray. What? That, that, that you, you heard it correct. In today's NFL, where quarterbacks can want out, where they can move on, and they can try to pick their destinations, we've already seen Kyler Murray in this past week try to explain away why he scrubbed the Cardinals from his uh, social media around Super Bowl week. We heard him try to explain. That's just stuff that, that kids do, even though in your mid-20s, that's stuff that kids do. But I don't know how thrilled Kyler Murray is to be in Arizona. And now with Russell Wilson being able to say, you know what, I want out and I'll go to Denver. And I want to go here. Matthew Stafford saying I want a fresh start. Trade him away. Send him to the Rams. I think that this sets up perfectly for the Miami Dolphins to be like, you know what? Kyler Murray doesn't want to stay in Arizona long term. We'll give you what you want. Deshaun Watson costs three yeah, first round picks. Yeah, but he's not going to chew up. But that's the but that's the thing, though, Dan, is that is that they're not going to be able to pay him. I mean, trade like they don't have the trade assets to be able to trade for him. But the Dolphins do have two first round picks in 2023. You could package those picks. You could also send a first round pick in 2024. And a first round pick in 2025, if you really wanted to, you could send you could say to the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray's not happy after after next season. What better place to be than where you now have your left tackle locked up? You have got two young weapons uh, in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And guess who they also signed in the offseason? Chase Edmonds, who yep. signed a two-year deal with the Dolphins. And Chase Edmonds was most recently in Arizona. And the Dolphins deal isn't just to maximize Tua in, in, in them signing Armstead and them getting Tyree Kill. What it is, is it lets all the other quarterbacks in the National Football League know that we're set up. We are good here. If you don't like your current situation, come to Miami. Come to come to Florida where the taxes are probably a bit different than where you are, where the weather's a bit different from where you are. And oh yeah, look at the talent that we have surrounded you with. That is what the Dolphins did. So it appears that they have given to uh, every opportunity su to succeed, but also in a way they've given him every opportunity to fail if he doesn't get it done and opens the door for them to go and basically have a pick of the litter of any other quarterback that may not be happy and would want a fresh start in 2023. That's why the Miami Dolphins did what they did. No, they no, but I totally I could not more wholeheartedly disagree with you. They I believe that what the Miami Dolphins did is that they tried to rebuild the model that they used in um in San Francisco, that they believe that you can put damn near anybody at quarterback if you can run the ball at a very high high level, and if you can 
you know, play good defense. So your quarterback doesn't have to be as good. I mean, look at Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. He got to the NFC championship game and he's been to a Super Bowl. So they're like, okay, cool. Now we can work with Tua. So now they're, they're in a situation to where it's pretty much over if, if Tua can't get it done, but then guess who they will, they will be Dan. If, if they can't get it done here, Guess who the Miami Dolphins will will uh, be? Who's that? The Indianapolis Colts searching for a quarterback year after year. Well, any quarterback that wants out would be smart to want to go to Miami. Yes. And that's why these moves are set up to make them be an appealing place. I mean, listen, they were willing to give up three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. They were. It was just the the criminal investigation and the civil cases against him. It is why they weren't. So they they do love the star quarterback. And I know Mike McDaniel comes in there, but you also have to realize that how many times are we trying to change the quarterback in San Francisco from Jimmy Garoppolo to someone else? So much so that they even traded up to try to draft his heir apparent. And even if that was the case, it still didn't shoot down rumors this offseason that the 49ers would look at, hey, if Tom Brady wanted to unretire or if Tampa Bay wanted to trade him, maybe San Francisco could be an opportunity. They're still in that conversation. So that model of taking from San Francisco to Miami, while it may seem correct and it may be a fair point, it's not like San Francisco isn't looking to upgrade their quarterback position. And Miami now has done so, so much that you just take the disgruntled quarterback in the NFL, good disgruntled quarterback in the NFL, and now he wants out, it makes Miami the destination. And the disgruntled quarterback that is likely next to want out is Kyler Murray, who has already been frustrated this offseason. It sets up perfectly. It's such a long game play. They're not going to be able to trade for him. And then what if Kyler is bad this year? If you get the exact same Kyler that you got at the end of the season last year and in the playoff game, are you going to trade trade for him too? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely they would. Wow. You know why? Because every NFL team thinks that they can fix him. Okay. That's why Carson Wentz was You're traded to Washington. Tiny, tiny quarterback. It's, look, Mm-mm. Carson Wentz was traded to Washington. Like the, like the commanders gave up stuff to bring in Carson Wentz. So they even if a, Kyler Murray what, takes a, a step back third this year, or fourth round pick, but still, it, 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 I mean, to think that Kyler Murray and Carson Wentz are even in the same stratosphere for potential right now, and so even one bad season would not, and and. The talent is there. There is no way that any team would shy away. And if he did have a bad season, you know what they would do? They would just blame Cliff Kingsbury. That's what they hey, would do. You, hey, you can't blame him too too much. He just got a contract extension, so he ain't going nowhere. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed. Because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge, powered by Indeed. It is over. The Cinderella run is over. North Carolina has defeated St. Peter's. The Tar Heels are on their way to the Final Four, while St. Peter's ends what could be and in my mind is the greatest run that we've seen in the NCAA tournament so far. We talk about that next. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer here on Fox Sports Sunday.
Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Final Four is now set. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Emmett tweets in, uh, your St. Peter's take to start the show aged well. I think he's shooting it, uh, uh, shooting that tweet at you, George. Um, St. Peter's had their Cinderella run come to an end, and I have a feeling Emmett may just be uh, piling on as we were oh, for George's there's... comment earlier in the show. Oh, there is. I said that if they were able to beat North Carolina, that they were going to win it all, and the if did not did not happen. I thought that they had a legitimate shot to win the game today. They did. They couldn't throw a penny in the ocean. They were absolutely awful. So 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 yes, those are the things that that happen when you don't make shots and make shots that you are supposed to make. So, you know, those are the, those are the breaks. St. Peter still had a great story. We're going to find out where Shaheem Holloway is coaching next season real, real soon and where some of their guys are going to end up in the tra- transfer portal. It'll be okay. I, uh, just a side note on, on Shaheen Holloway's future. We all expect him to be the next head coach at Seton Hall, his alma mater. <laughs> it always strikes me weird. Well, yesterday I saw that Chris Jans, the new head coach at Mississippi State, came over from New Mexico State, threw out the first pitch at the Mississippi State baseball game. And I'm like, a week earlier, he was on the bench at New Mexico State trying to knock off Arkansas for a, you know, for a game of the Sweet 16. So, the, like, these coaching jobs, when you get those jobs, there, there is – and listen, I'm not singling out Chris Jans by any means. If someone gives you a better offer and it's time to go, time to go, I have more power absolutely to you. I just always find it funny that on one Saturday they're in a deep dive against Arkansas and trying to survive, and then just a week later – He's the head coach at Mississippi State. Going, and there Hail were no distractions in the, in, in the process. <laughs> no distractions. It's funny how these things end up uh, just uh, quickly, quickly changing. I saw a tweet pop up, and I, I don't want to – I'm not trying to put them on blast because they are a competitor, but I just don't think that they went far enough in, in saying what they said. And I know the entire network isn't behind it. It's someone else who's doing the – uh, social media things, but ESPN just put up a tweet three minutes ago that said St. Peter's gave us one of the greatest Cinderella runs ever. No, it's the greatest. There, there is, there is no other run that has oh. provided this. This is the greatest Cinderella run that we have seen. Oh, to, Dan, if, to, if Villanova. To be 40 minutes away, to be 40 minutes away from going to a Final Four as a 15 seed, that is the greatest Cinderella run that we've seen in the NCAA tournament. First thing is, is that just, just the fact that we can debate about the tweet, that means it was a solid tweet. But but uh, but I do think that there is some credence to what you said, though, Dan, is that this is the greatest of of all time. But my my only counter to you is, is that you did have VCU as an 11 seed make the final four and you did have um, and you did have Villanova back in 85 before Villanova was what Villanova is is now like that was the catapult it, that that was the the springboard but then they were also in a major conference so yeah. 
I got to go with either uh, VCU or a, a, as a counter or last year when we saw, um, oh Lord, I, well actually it, it ain't it, it, it ain't them because I can't remember who it who it was. Well, UCLA so, made it to the Final Four last year. Yeah, but I you can't be a, a Cinderella yeah. at UCLA. I mean, that's like North Carolina. Oh, they're they're an eight seed. They'll be un, unheralded if they win no. first eight seed since like Correct. you know, but they, UConn. But yeah, but you you said last year it was it was Baylor, Gonzaga, and Houston were the other teams, and none of them were Cinderellas last yeah, year. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was talking about uh, earlier in the in the tournament, but but I forgot who it, who it was earlier in the tournament last year. Now that uh, well, yes, Oral yes, Roberts. Or, Oral Roberts. That's what but it was. Florida Gulf Coast made it to a Sweet Sixteen, correct? As a 15 seed as well, but they didn't make it to the Elite Eight. And and that's like like to me like that's the like to be able to make it this far and to be a game away and the thing that I would counter with VCU is VCU got in as an at large team like St Peter's is not getting in as an at large they had the one right about win that. the Metro Atlantic to even get into the tournament and they were nineteen and eleven I mean there's you know, there there are other cases that you know could be made. You know, Cal State Fullerton went twenty one and ten. How do you know the difference between Cal State Fullerton and you know St. Peter's? Who knows? But Cal State Fullerton lost to Duke, and their season, their tournament run was over after one game. For St. Peter's to come in and make it this far, to me, trumps anything that we you know, that we have seen. VCU was at least an at large you know, an at-large bid when it comes to they, – they were one of the final teams in, absolutely. They upset uh, number one Kansas in the regional final, made it to the final four. But for this to be a 15 seed, th- to me, to make it with the one of final eights, the greatest Cinderella run that we've ever seen. There are some other good runs. There are 11 seeds. I was there when George Mason upset, you know – uh, UConn to go to the, you know, really to kind of open the door for the mid-major, if you will. But to be able to uh, to be able to make it to the Elite Eight is, to me, that's that's your Cinderella run right there. Best one we've ever seen. And they said some. And I, I just, I don't think that they went far enough. I think it's the greatest one that we have seen so far. There's, there's, and, and by the way, to Ryan Bershing, our executive producer's point, I mentioned this earlier on the show, Ryan's like, my bracket's done. I am now interested in St. Peter's. That's what Cinderella does. Yeah. That's if, if if it was Duke against St. Peter's, my goodness, you want to talk about David and Goliath and having Coach K, if that would have been the case, um, that would have been absolute must-see TV. I don't know when VCU and Loyola, when they made it four years ago, them in the Final Four wasn't must-see TV. And I understand that Duke's role in all this would play a part of it, but to see a 15 seed in the Final Four – that I just never never thought would have happened. I, I'm surprised that we've even had teams now over the last few years that have made it as far as they did, but making it to the Elite Eight, just I don't think anybody could fathom. And that's why I think it's the greatest Cinderella that we've seen in the tournament. Well, he's, George, hmm. he's George Reister, who disagrees with me. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition – it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. 
George, you ever like to maybe put a little scratch on a little something and just see how it plays out? You ever do that? Oh, oh, oh. Go to Vegas, you know, put a little little y- yes, point I, on a little something. Of course, yes. What about non-sporting events? Like 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 elections or something like that? Absolutely not. Oh, we talk about it next here after David Gascon gives us the latest of what's happening on this Fox Sports. Clown show, George. Clown show. Clown show, dude. I do have a question for Dave because Dave told us that LeBron James is not playing for the Lakers tonight. And I just saw LeBron James shoot a free throw against the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, I misspoke. George, you know about that. (laughs) That's all right. Hey, it's all good. He is playing. Yeah, is playing. I, had, uh, I had two guys that were Yay. mixed up. Cal Kuzma, who's out, and LeBron James, um, who LeBron was listed James. as questionable. So, I don't know. We have Bursch and Iowa Sam. I don't know if either of you guys want to back up the truck and run over me, too. But the car's oh gassed up. Oh, my God. So I didn't do it. Hey, hey, so, that. Hey, so, Sam, David. Ryan Bursch. Well, Brian doesn't hurt a soul, so... Hey, Iowa Sam is kind of a terrorist. Just so you know, it's fine. It, it, it anyway, was not guys, we got basketball it. to get to. So I didn't do it. I didn't Miami do it. I could have, but I didn't. A first half guys, that saw Miami guys. up by six. Kansas took it over in the second half, and they walked away with an easy victory. Wilson grabs the rebound to Abaji. Left corner three. Got it. Scramble mode activated. Abaji with the three, and it's the scramble O getting the better of the scramble D. Yeah, Kansas in the second half was plus 32. They walked away 76-50 over Miami. And, of course, you guys had just mentioned it was St. Peter's getting beat down 69-49. Game was never this close either. In fact, North Carolina led 38-19 at the end of the first half. They busted things loose with a 12-2 run to open up the ball game. NBA, as Dan had mentioned, Pelicans and Lakers right now from New Orleans. LeBron's got 11, three rebounds and a block. Lakers lead by 6, 29-23. Knicks won today, 76ers up by 2 over Phoenix. Warriors down 7 at Washington, 68-61. to Clay Thompson does have 15 points in Boston by 20 over Minnesota, 80-60. to Back to you guys in 10. First word for Mako. So in life, throws you uh-ohs. Just say Go to Mako.com for an online estimate today. Fellas, back to you. I want Dave to know that I was not throwing him under the bus. In fact, I know what it is like to be in Dave's chair, and there are very few of us. I I still remember, this was years ago, but I think it was UCLA and Stanford were playing, going to be playing a big game on Saturday in the Pac-12. And I, I, I honestly think that it may have been two days I said this, like, should be crazy at the Rose Bowl. Should be a good one at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, UCLA, and Stanford. And I turned on the TV on Saturday afternoon, and I put the game on, and they were playing at Stanford. It ruined my entire weekend. <laughs> like, I had said the wrong location, and, and, and it was just one of those things that I thought in my mind, all right, this is what it is, and it was completely unnecessary. So to Dave's point about LeBron playing, and he's saying he's not playing, we just corrected it. That's all it was. Let people know that he is playing. They are playing in New Orleans. But I understand also Dave's angst because, for me, it, it not only ruined my Saturday, it ruined my entire Sunday because there wasn't another update for me to do to actually get the information correct so i wholeheartedly understand where dave's coming listen listen i 
Listen, when especially when you do radio like David does a bunch of times a week and you're dealing with information that changes by the by the second at at, at times, you know, that sort of thing is going to happen. Get it. But uh, but uh, he, I, I but you did run him over with the uh, car. I didn't even get a chance to. <laughs> I did not. And that sound effect, I think, is courtesy of uh, one Iowa Sam. I am curious on Dave and Sam's and, and our executive producer, Ryan Bershinger's thoughts, um, because the Oscars are tonight, George. Would you ever place a bet on who's going to win Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress? Would you ever lay a bet on the Oscars? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I Man, th- that is a futile attempt in trying trying to see who's gonna who's gonna win. I mean, I guess you can go off the SAG Awards or the Golden Globes to like you know have a betting favorite or or, or something, but no way, dude. These things are too subjective, and to be and to make it even keep it one hundred. Like I normally have seen all of the movies that are you know for best best mm-hmm. picture, the majority of them, but some of them I I haven't seen. So how can I place a bet on something? If I have no viable information about it, David Gascon, if he's still there, have you ever placed a bet on it? Oh, David Gascon is gone. Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer, have you ever placed a bet on a non sporting event, say like the Oscars tonight? I have not, but I would consider it, especially this year. I was I was kind of monitoring actually the best picture odds this this week because I thought it was interesting because I had always, I had a feeling that Coda was going to gain some traction uh, coming into the awards uh, uh, coming into the show. Power of the Dog was the was the favorite at like minus one forty up until yesterday. Today, Coda, which was plus money in the last couple of days, is now minus one fifty five, and Power of the Dog is plus one twenty. So, I would have had a nice little bet there if I if I went with my intuition on that one. So, I I would consider it. Uh, Sam, do you have you ever bet on the Oscars or non sporting uh, event? No, I, I've election? really I've never even waged a real bet before. You know, like on an offline sure. or all right. offshore book or in Iowa, they have all this this betting infrastructure now. But yeah, I've never bet an actual bet before. The, so the answer is no. The issue that I have with it, and it leads to the Oscars, and as George was talking about, I try to predict what the top two seeds are going to be in the NCAA tournament before the selection show happens. But I know that it's very difficult because there isn't – I'm guessing what other people are thinking, and that's what makes it impossible to me. In a sporting event in a game – You are guessing on how other people perform, not what they're thinking. And I think that there's a huge difference with that. Like, I I, I try to go under the train of thought and being like, all right, the committee likes Gonzaga, um, probably their number one team, so they're going to put them in the West region. Arizona then, probably their second, would move to the South. And you, you think of all of those pieces to put together and then as the two seed you're like okay who's well I like really like Tennessee and I think that Baylor's gonna play against Tennessee and I tried to guess that Duke Kansas and Kentucky would all be in the same region so I'm guessing at what people were saying prior to the selection show and it was pointless because there is no like real way to figure it out and that's why that's why I wouldn't do it I wouldn't do it with a, a, an Oscar because I don't know what people consider to be their criteria when it comes to this actor did this or this actress did that or this picture did this. That's, to me, 
trying to guess what other people are thinking, I do not want to put my money on that. A, a sporting event, different story, but to try to guess what other people are thinking, that's what I think happens if you're betting on the Oscars. Oh, yeah, that 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 is a futile uh, uh, attempt. And, and knowing, like, I don't like to, you know, like – if you don't feel like you have control over what happens in a sporting event, right? But at least you understand what the criteria are, right? Like that you score more points than the other team, that you that there's a tangible amount of rebounds that you can grab, that 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 you know that you finish with the most rebounds. Like there's actual metrics for this, right? There is no you know, like stone cold criteria for winning an Oscar or winning any of the awards. Ryan Bershinger. So if we were to place a bet right now, Coda isn't give you the giving us the value that we had, say, 24 hours ago. Is that your that's your correct. Point. Yeah, it, it appears that Coda is now the odds-on favorite, which was not the case uh, just just as of yesterday, I believe. So, and now but, there's ten. There's is there ten movies that yes, are up for yeah, best ten. picture? Man. But the, the the real question is how many of you? How many of them have you seen? That Me? a big fat yes. zero. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. I don't okay. watch movies. Okay, I I saw don't zero. don't look up, which was good. I did not see Nightmare Alley, Belfast. I saw King Richard, which I loved. Did not see Coda. Did not see Dune. Did not see Licorice Pizza. Saw West Side Story. Didn't see Drive My Car. And did not see The Power of the Dog. So so how many saw? Two or three? Three. Okay. My wife, if she saw one of the ten, would think that that movie would sweep all categories. God bless her. <laughs> But because she saw the movie, she'd be like, oh, that's got to – no, he was the best actor. And, and she was the best actress. Like, she thinks that the, the movie that she saw – and we didn't see any of them this year. But the one that she saw, like at the Emmys, like if one of our shows is up, she expects like, you know, Ozark to sweep every category, including best comedy. You know, like, the, like, that's, like that's where we are. You know, bless her heart. But if you don't see all of them, it is difficult to judge on really what is good because you are persuaded. It's, it, that, is, that is what happens in sports, though, because when you don't see certain teams play, you get wrapped up in thinking like, oh, well, they're good because I've seen them play. I don't know much about them over there, but I know I like, you know, I know I like this because I've seen this, and that can get you in trouble. I oh, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have no interest in doing that. Because you don't know what you haven't seen. Yes, correct. Yeah. And and uh, and I have I have no desire. You will not see me. It's kind of like video games as well, where I only play sports video games. Like I'm not into any like you know Call of Duty or uh, Grand Theft Auto or anything like that. Like it's just all right. The new Madden, the new NHL, the new FIFA. And the new golf games that are coming out, give me all of those. I'll play all of those. But if it's a non-sports game, I'm not playing it. Not going to happen. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. You know who had a really, really rough weekend? I'll tell you next year on Fox Sports Sunday. No video games at the table. Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me 
on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Final four is set. St. Peter's had their Cinderella run end today at the hands of North Carolina. So you get a Duke-North Carolina national semifinal coming up Saturday night in New Orleans. The other side of the bracket, Villanova will be taking on Kansas. Kansas advancing today by beating Miami. Trailed at the half and then outscored the Hurricanes by 32 in the second half. So it's Kansas-Villanova and then Duke against North Carolina. Houston yesterday uh, lost to Villanova. And in the game, George and I talked about this a bit earlier, Houston went 1 of 20 from three-point range. It's tough to do, but a tip of the cat to the Cougars for being able to miss 19 threes and shoot 5% from three-point range. I don't want to pile on on Houston. It's just one of those numbers that stand out. And it made me think of just some of the crazy stats that you end up getting in sports, George, and how some stats just end up sticking with you because of how crazy they are. Do you have any stats that are just kind of blow your mind or when you saw like you had to you had to do the double take and you ever have that scenario? Oh, for sure. Every yeah, dude. When 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 you're looking and you're like, wait, hold up, hold up. How does that make any sense? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, that that uh, happens like when you see a team go. You know, uh, the the best was when the Houston Rockets with James Harden missed like twenty seven straight three pointers. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Are you sure that that's right? You mean like twenty seven contested three? Like what? Like you, like you thought that there had to be some sort of uh, caveat to it? Twenty seven missed threes that they had was that was that in game? Uh, that was game seven, right? Yep, that was game 20, seven against the uh, against the Warriors. Golden State Warriors. It's twenty seven straight threes. Maybe it's a Houston thing of missing threes because it's the Cougars, it's the Rockets. When John Starks was throwing up bricks, it happened to be against the Rockets in the NBA Finals when he was playing for the New York Knicks. One of my my favorite all time stat, George, is no longer, and there's one person to blame for it. You want to know who that person is? Tell me, Jay Bruce. Why? The, yeah, Jay Bruce, the longtime Major League Baseball outfielder, because until last season, the, my favorite stat was that Cecil and Prince Fielder, father and son, each hit exactly 319 home runs in their career. Yep. And they were the only two players to hit that number. That was until Jay Bruce hit one home run last year to bringing his total to 319. And now I, I wish somebody would just let Jay Bruce play in another Major League Baseball game or play for a week so he could hit another home run. But that was my favorite stat until Jay Bruce Mm-mm. ruined it. See, I actually hated that stat. And, and How the can reason- you hate that stat? It's great. No, 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 no. It was terrible Con- considering the backstory to it is that Prince Fielder and Cecil Fielder didn't really have the best relationship. And Prince wanted to beat his father. He wanted to have more home runs than his father, but then he ended up having, I mean, he had like four years left on a huge, four or five years left on a huge contract, but his neck was hurt. So he couldn't play anymore. So that was kind of a, you know, kind of a, 
uh, like a stick in his, you know, like a, a thorn in his side, just the fact because he wanted it mattered to but, him so much to pass him, and then he didn't get a chance to. But but to 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 land right on the number, to land on that number, that is like, and stats don't have anything to do with feelings. That's by the way, I love how George was shooting down what's my favorite stat. It was just it was such an anomaly. It was so it was so out there to have just those two players and be a father son duo. And nobody like nobody else had three nineteen, which is made until Jay Bruce did it, which made it crazy. Uh, that's why I loved it. But and George doesn't love it because he's bringing on. emotions and stories into stats. Well, be, because it matters. But I, I think that uh, Sam Iowa Sam has a couple of some as well. I do. I do. All right. What do you got, Sam? Uh, quickly, and I, I'm not. I don't have the exact number on here, but of course, Sean McVay had the crazy winning streak or the crazy record of leading at halftime and having like a 42 and 0, and that was broken against the Niners this season the, in the last uh, uh, game of the regular season, which helped the Niners get into the playoffs, of course. But mine is um, Iowa. Uh, let's see. This is Iowa and Iowa State rivalry stat here, Dan. We were talking Cyhawk right. of okay. over text. Over the course of five games, 2006 to 2010, Iowa did not allow Iowa State to score a touchdown over the course of 17 quarters. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> not bad. 17 Ryan, quarters, no touchdowns. Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer, your favorite stat? Yeah, it's my favorite stat because of the story that it tells. And it's a sad story, unfortunately, but I do have to revisit it. Uh, coming into Game 5 of the 2017 World Series, Clayton Kershaw was 71-1 and with a four-run lead. And, of course, not only did he blow a four-run lead in that game, he also blew a three-run lead independently of that four-run lead. Of course, that game was in Houston. And oddly enough, in Game 1 of that series, Kershaw threw seven innings and only gave up one run. In Game 7, also in Los Angeles... Uh, he threw four shutout innings. It's really weird how <laughs> these weird things happened <laughs> in Houston in that series. Okay, all right, guys. All right, enough of the cheap shots. No, maybe they uh, maybe they deserve it. The cheaters. I, I, now, I now have a replacement for the uh, and, and I think it's a favorite of of many that if Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal in his career, he still would lead the NHL in points. Like he had he had nineteen hundred and sixty three assists. And Yaramir Yager is second in points, which is goals and assists combined with 1921. So if Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal in his NHL career, which, by the way, he's the all-time leading goal scorer with 894, if he never had a goal, he still would be the all-time leader in points in the ah! NHL. Yes. Those are the things that, that pop up, that, uh, those wacky numbers. One of 20 has nothing on missing 27 straight, though, so a hat tip to the Rockets on that one. Ooh, Brick City instead of Clutch City in Houston. Uh, he's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This has been Fox Sports Sunday. When we reconvene, a national championship will be set. St. Peter's, good on you. Talk to you next week.